Poso maoni work, wai wanen kitanen ni mo e yoski pietaya posnotaman e yum MITW podcast. A yospis pietaya posnapi notaman and he sikimaka e yoso matnamene hokihi. Welcome to the Nominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. I'm your host, Sheena Wapus, and as always, today I'm speaking with Vaughn Bowles, Public Information Officer for the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin. Hello, Vaughn. Hey there. Um, so this week, the CDC urged pregnant women to get vaccinated. What risks are pregnant women facing by remaining unvaccinated? So, you know, they do say overall risks to pregnant women are still low. Uh, the bigger risk lies with their unborn child. Um, and they're saying that uh, if uh, a pregnant woman were to contract COVID, um, it puts them at a higher risk of having a premature birth, which is before 37 weeks, um, makes the child much more susceptible to having, you know, respiratory issues when they're older, um, as well as visual problems. Um, and they've found that, that COVID uh, does present itself in the placenta, even though it rarely infects the baby through the placenta. They're not really sure why that is. Um, but all, all pregnant women are at higher risk for severe illness when they're obviously pregnant. Um, and so this could mean that uh, they might uh, land in the hospital. They might require a ventilator for treatment, uh, which would mean they were in a deoxygenated state um, and if the baby is getting less oxygen, that can also affect uh, brain development. So those are some of the reasons uh, specifically that they would like pregnant women to become vaccinated for COVID. They do feel that uh, you know the risks of vaccination are significantly lower than contracting the virus. So that is why they're currently recommending that. All right. And then um, is it true that kids don't get as severely ill from COVID-19? So there's, there's kind of a mounting pile of evidence that indicates children typically uh, don't get severely ill from COVID like they would um, from other viruses like RSV or influenza. Um, and they, they have um, some pre preliminary data from a couple different studies uh, that were put out by the American Academy of Pediatrics. It indicates that um, you know even with the Delta variant, kids aren't at risk of having more severe cases. But they do, um, they do think that more kids, children, uh, will be infected due to the higher transmissibility rate of Delta. So they're saying more sick kids, but they're not sicker kids, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, and so Dr. Segal also sent out a PSA this week about booster shots. We've been talking about them every week. Right, right. <laughs> so how would someone know that they're eligible for a booster shot and how would they go about getting one if they are? The first thing I would do would, if you have questions about it, um, you can go to the CDC website um, under you know vaccinations. You can basically just Google it um, and see if you fall into the demographics that they're suggesting elderly, immunocompromised, um, and they're looking at frontline workers. Um, some some uh, points that we, we should talk about though, and Dr. Seigel put this out in uh, PSA today, is that um, 
you know, when the Moderna vaccine is approved, um, which they think will happen, uh, you know, in the next two weeks and stuff as a booster shot, we're going to have about a thousand individuals eligible for a booster in the community. Um, and we, we, we don't have a store that high. So um, you'll want to, you know, keep an eye out for information we're sending out for who is eligible and when they're, they're eligible for a booster. Um, again, uh, as far as boosters go, don't mix and match your boosters. If you have a Moderna, you can't mix a Pfizer, same with a Johnson & Johnson or, you know, whatever. No mixing and matching your vaccines. That's bad. Don't do that. Don't. Um, otherwise, call the clinic. Um, I believe Rod, Rod Bowen is uh, handling the scheduling of vaccinations still. Um, and, you know, if you have questions, talk to your primary health care provider. They can, they can let you know whether you're um, qualifying for that, that list. Okay. So what are the side effects um, from the booster shots? Is it similar to the second dose? You know, maybe a little bit more intense? You know, they, they haven't quantified intensity of side effects for the, the boosters. They are similar though. Um, you know, it could be something like a slight fever, potential headaches, uh, fatigue, nausea, vomiting. Um, some people had photosensitivity or, you know, lights hurt their eyes. Um, that said, if you if you had a severe reaction with you know the first two doses, you definitely want to um, talk to your primary care provider. It may be recommended that you skip a booster um, because why would you want to subject yourself to that again? And it could pose a health risk. So um, if you had issues with the first round, definitely don't go back for another, or talk to your doctor about going back for another, um, and make sure that uh, it's right for you. But no, the the side effects should be roughly equal to the last the last series okay and then can you get a covid vaccine or booster shot at the same time as you get a flu shot yes next question no, i'm just kidding yeah. <laughs> you can um and i know the clinic's actually going to be running um, a vaccination clinic with both um covid boosters and and flu flu shots and stuff for the year so you could get both if you wanted to at the same time okay awesome yeah um, <clears throat> so is it true that immunity from vaccines is stronger or lasts longer than immunity from just being infected alone? Surprisingly not. There have been a couple studies that have come out in I believe the last three weeks or so indicating that um, the natural immunity for those that have been infected um, may be more specific and last longer than those that have been vaccinated. So that is like the one perk of getting COVID is you might be immune from it slightly longer than if you were just vaccinated for it. And um, so what are the chances of getting what people are calling long COVID uh, if someone is fully vaccinated and they have a breakthrough infection? So right now they're not 100% sure why individuals get long COVID and um, you know they can't say for certain whether or not if you've been vaccinated or not and have a breakthrough case whether that's going to you know uh, kind of I don't know make it more plausible that you'll you'll have a long-term case or not um, at this point uh, they're speculating that those who've been vaccinated are less likely to have long-term COVID because they have less severe symptoms during um, their regular disease treatment. Um, so they're part of the reason that's that's why they're you know promoting vaccination at this point is hopefully you don't have a severe case, you don't have long-term complications. So that's that's the general thought right now. Um, 
Is it true that you're just as likely to get COVID from a vaccinated person as you are from an unvaccinated person? Yes, un unfortunately, you know, once you're infected, you're just as likely to pass it on to an unvaccinated individual um, if you, you know, as you would have been had you not been vaccinated. So once once you've been infected, you can pass it around just generally as, as anyone would. <clears throat> so this is a argument that I've been seeing quite a bit on social media. Uh, so the argument is, why should people care if I'm unvaccinated when they're already vaccinated? <sighs> yeah, that's that's the question. And maybe maybe we should turn this one into more of a conversation. So public health answer in air quotes should be obvious. You uh, you decrease the red of the risk of, of COVID spread to your community and you decrease the risk of contracting it to yourself. I don't know. It becomes a big debate of, you know, like individual rights versus collective rights or if there's such a thing as collective rights and I don't know um, I'd recommend them so people can can keep themselves healthy well I guess the like there's a collective benefit for people for more people being vaccinated right than unvaccinated right right there's that herd immunity it's not just an individual you know well I'm not going to get sick or I am going to get sick but there's like more of a, I guess, like a bigger picture that you could look at. Yeah, and I, I totally know where you're coming from with that. That's, that's what they've been talking about with herd immunity the entire time. There are individuals that, you know, can't get vaccinated. Maybe they're, you know, transplant uh, recipients. Um, and so they're on, you know, immunosuppressors because of, of that, that condition. Um, if, if there are less hosts available in the community, they are less likely to get it, even though they themselves can't get vaccinated. So there's there's that angle. There are individuals who are elderly that, you know, for whatever reason, um, can't get vaccinated. They're also less likely to get it if there are more individuals um, that are vaccinated and there are less potential hosts available for the virus. So you can, you can look at it this way as well. So right now, America has um, about 184 million people that have been vaccinated. Another 120 million have gotten COVID. That's about, you know, 304 million out of 334 million Americans. So that's a good amount of the population that have um, immunity to it. You know, what, in Wisconsin, it's it's kind of a similar deal. We have about, you know, 3.3 million Wisconsinites that have been vaccinated. And about another hundred and you know twenty six thousand that have gotten COVID and are naturally immune to it. Um, you know, there's still a wide portion of individuals that haven't been vaccinated or haven't had COVID that they know of um, that could potentially get it. So, um, you know, vaccination might be recommended for those individuals since um, the Delta variant is going to go somewhere um, before it either you know burns itself out or mutates so you know we would recommend getting vaccinated for that i have never had smallpox why because i got vaccinated for it i haven't had covid either because i got vaccinated yeah and everyone else around you has gotten vaccinated for smallpox right right you know there are there are definite benefits to it and um so th that's just what i would that's what i would tell them personally 
and probably professionally. That is what I would tell them professionally. Yep, that's my answer. So, I mean, is it more likely that if we have more unvaccinated people, is it more likely for the virus to mutate? Um, you know, it's not. it wouldn't necessarily make it so it's, it's more prone to mutation, um, like, directly. However, the more individuals that get infected and the more times the virus it replicates, um, the more chances there are for mutation. So, yes, in a sense, if, if they go ahead and get vaccinated or, you know, are able to, um, you know, avoid getting COVID however they, they choose, um, you know, they're, they're less likely, less opportunities for mutation, less opportunities for different variants of COVID down the road. Okay. So, um, do you have any final message for us for the week? You know, um, just uh, want to reiterate something that Dr. Schleichel mentioned that as, as you know, the weather gets colder and we spend more time inside, um, make sure you're, you know, washing your hands, um, making sure you're taking care of your health. So if you do get sick with COVID or anything else, um, you can get back to living a healthy life as soon as you can. Thank you, Vaughn. Hey, thank you. Waiwanan for listening to the Menominee Indian Tribe of Wisconsin podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. You can also listen to the podcast on menominee-nsn.gov under the community tab. Keep up to date by following us on Facebook at MITW Podcast. If you have any topic suggestions or questions about COVID, you can send those to us at podcast at mitw.org.